Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Anna and our kids, Timothy and Scarlett, about holiday travel as a family. We love to travel, but holiday travel can be hectic for most travelers, so we share tips on how to make it better. In this episode, we talk about balancing work, school, and other responsibilities, how to pay for holiday travel, and when's the best time of day to fly with kids. You've got these three amazing tips, plus so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash holiday travel. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account. So it's awesome to have Tim and Scarlett. And for the first time ever, my wife Anna is going to be on the show as well. So it's great to have you all of you here. Hello. Hello. Great to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about family travel, and we'll probably talk about like some of the tips and some of the hacks that we use as a family to travel. Obviously, one of the biggest issues for family travel during the holidays is balancing work and school and family obligations. So as far as my opinion goes, I'm all about staying home for Christmas because I think that Santa always comes to our house, but I think a lot of other people have different opinions on that. A lot of times there's family pressure to visit their house, you know, like grandma or grandpa, they, they want everybody at, at their house and stuff. But, you know, sometimes work gets in the way. Like, you know, Anna, obviously you have a, a, a normal day job and it's, it's hard for you to get away from work sometimes, right? It is. Having worked in manufacturing before where you're operating 24-7 and it doesn't stop for the holidays mm-hmm. or in retail, it can be difficult to step away and to try to balance family during the, the holidays. Yeah, and I know a lot of companies make it difficult for lower level employees as far as them being able to take the time off. You know, there's like a certain priority, a certain seniority, those types of things in order to be able to get those days off, especially the very popular like holiday travel days. So with that, how do you recommend people try to kind of balance that as far as being able to see family around holidays, but also maintaining your work obligations? I would say it's twofold. First of all, you want to plan as far ahead as you can. So when requesting time off, there's going to be a general number of people that will be able to take those those times. And you know, they say the, the early bird gets the worm. So plan ahead. Second is also work with family and negotiating. Sometimes it's not the day of that you're getting together. It may be, you know, on the eve or it may be the following day or you're planning a brunch the weekend after so that everyone can get together. So try to build in some flexibility as well. Yeah, I think the most important thing is understanding that it's it's like the season is more important or the, the time spent with family is more important than the actual specific day, right? Yes. So kids, what do you guys think as far as being able to spend time with family for those holidays? It's fun because we get to hang out with our family for a while and we get to just hang out and have some fun. I think it's a good idea because then it, because you are able to uh, create lasting memories. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things, uh, especially, you know, I mean, our kids right now, they're seven and 11 and being able to spend time uh, with family is, is very important. Like, like this year I lost my mom and um, there's only so many opportunities to be able to spend time with each other. And, you know, you get busy with school, you get busy with work, uh, you get busy with sports and, and all the other different activities that you have for your children and, and for yourself. And you blink and next thing you know, you lose out on opportunities to be able to spend time with, you know, your parents, your grandparents, you know, uncles, all those different types of people. And it's going to be a time soon when our kids are going to, you know, they're going to graduate. They're going to be starting their own lives in college and starting their own families. And so you got to be able to maximize the opportunities when you can. So right now we're recording this in, in October and Thanksgiving is just around the corner. Thanksgiving is one of the most popular times where people travel uh, it doesn't have the same uh, have to be home situation like a like a Christmas does, but Thanksgiving is one of those times where people like, travel frequently. For us here in Tennessee, we get the entire week off uh, for for Thanksgiving. That way, you know, we can travel and be able to see family and and friends. One thing that we've started doing uh, probably a decade ago is we have you know spend time with family on Thanksgiving, and then on the the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we do like a friendsgiving. A lot of times those friends are basically like an extension of our family. So being able to spend time with them is just as important as, you know, being able to spend time with blood relatives. That's important because you can like hang out with your friends and your family and you can hang out and have some fun and not just be bored just eating Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, especially mashed potatoes, huh, Scarlett? I hate those. <laughs> So, yeah, she's not a fan of mashed potatoes, that's for sure. So one of the things that kind of stops people from traveling for the holidays is being able to afford it, right? You know, airfares are, are up significantly. Sometimes finding the right hotel is trouble. Uh, and then also gas prices are up as well. So uh, you have a lot of different factors that are affecting people's budgets on being able to travel. So one of the ways that we save money on our flights is by using airline miles and Although flights have been up so much on the cash basis, a lot of times you can find really good deals if you use airline miles when booking your flights. Most airlines allow you to be able to book flights 11 months in advance. So you book your flight. If you can find a price that works for you, whether it's cash or miles, go ahead and book your flight. Most airlines nowadays, they offer free cancellation. And so if you find something that's a little bit cheaper, whether it's with a different airline or even the same airline, go ahead and cancel your flight then and rebook to be able to save that money. Southwest is one of our favorite airlines and they make it really easy to be able to either cancel or change your flight without any penalties or fees. And a lot of times you can recoup either your miles or your cash you know, on those bookings. So that's really wonderful. And then certain credit cards, they actually offer you know, companion passes. Like we've had the Southwest companion pass every year since 2007. And it's saved us thousands upon thousands of dollars every year. Certain credit cards offer like a one-time companion fare. Uh, like Bank of America, the the Alaska card, and uh, like Delta offers one as well. And so that's a great way where maybe you're not getting the entire family for free, but if you can get one person for free, that's fantastic. You could be reducing your cost by several hundred dollars with just that one ticket. And for a lot of families, that can make the difference between being able to fly or not. So one of the other things is obviously families sometimes want you to stay <laughs> at their house. But for like somebody like me, I'm always working, you know, I need access. I need to internet that's stable. I need some peace and quiet to be able to focus on, on my writing. 
And so a lot of times when we travel, we actually stay at hotels, even if we're visiting family. That way, you know, we love family and everything, but sometimes you need your space. And this way you're also, especially if there's a lot of family coming together all at once, you're not putting them out. You're not sleeping on a futon. You're not sleeping on, a, on an inflatable mattress. I'm a little spoiled, right? I, I want to be able to have a nice bed to be able to get good sleep. And, you know, we're getting a little older. Uh, we can't be sleeping on couch cushions that are on the floor, right? And so getting a, getting a hotel room, you know, wherever you're traveling to see family is a good way to be able to kind of keep the peace and have a good time. And again, sometimes people are a little introverted. Maybe they need like their own space to be able to retreat. And that's a good way to do that. Again, you're looking at either paying cash or hotel points, or if you have certain credit cards, you can actually get free night certificates that can uh, you can use to be able to pay for your, your trip. So when doing that, just kind of understand the value of the points that you have. And when comparing the cash price versus the points price, make sure you're getting a good value on them you know, as far as when you're redeeming your points. Some credit cards or some programs allow you to have a, a thing like a fourth night free, fifth night free when redeeming your points. So that's a, a good way to be able to kind of stretch the value of the points that you have for something that's a little bit longer there. Obviously, also one of the biggest costs is either uh, renting a car or using public transportation. Personally, I prefer to use public transportation as much as possible because as the dad of the family, I'm generally the one driving. And, you know, all the time we're, we're driving around and Anna's like, oh, wow, did you see that? Look how amazing that is. I'm like, no, I'm trying not to make sure that we don't fall off the road and, and crash and die. So <laughs> this way, if we're using public transportation, then we can all enjoy. And we also don't have to worry about paying for parking. We don't have to pay for gas and all those types of things. So I think that's a good way to, to do that as well. What do you think? Yes. And it could be an adventure, too, when you're taking public transportation with the kids. You can bring out the map figure out where you're going, teach them how to use, say, the metro system and what um, what the stops are that you're going to take. So it creates some fun for the kids and makes it more of an adventure. Yeah, that's for sure. So when you're using public transportation, it's a good way to, to meet people. Also, you know, when you get off the stop, you're walking around, uh, you're going to see a lot of things that you wouldn't normally see if you're driving because you're going to be driving by so fast, you don't get a chance to do that. Or if you see something interesting, you don't have to worry about, oh, you know, let me find a place to park. You can just literally walk into the shop and, and check it out. I think that's a great opportunity. Now, if we're flying with our kids, uh, especially when our kids were younger, there was a lot of issues of when do we fly? You know, right now, a lot of times it's, okay, whatever the best deal is, or if we can find a nonstop, we generally try to do that. But when the kids are a little bit younger and they, they need nap times, you know, or they go to bed a lot earlier, it's an issue of, okay, when do you fly? If you're going to be like, you know, flying from like California all the way to like North Carolina where my, where my parents used to live. So what do we do in that scenario? Okay. Do we take a red eye because we're losing so many hours with the time change? Or do we like try to do like an early morning flight where like, okay, the kids are going to be groggy, but by the time you get to the airport, maybe they'll fall back asleep. What do you think? Anna? like, what would you recommend? When the kids are young, the red-eye flights, as much as they can be brutal on the parents, work really well because the kids are already going to be asleep, and it allows for the least amount of interruption to their schedule. It also sets you up then the next day to be able to resume as, as much of a normal schedule as, as possible. 
as they've gotten older, like you said, we kind of have a preference for early morning flights. Uh, they may be groggy, but we do, again, it's planning. You set out the clothes the night before, uh, you have them ready to go, or, you know, they can go to the airport in their pajamas and then and then change later that morning so that, again, you build in some flexibility, you plan ahead and try to maintain as much continuation to their routine. For sure. Yeah. I think that's an issue with, uh, with the younger kids where nap time is a big thing, but some kids, they love, they love the motion, right? Like the, the motion of like the car, the motion of like the plane and that helps them sleep better. Right. If they're really young, you got to make sure that you have something to help them fall asleep, you know, whether it's a pacifier or, you know, breastfeeding them, you know, as babies, one, it helps them regulate their ear pressure, but also two, it's like that soothing, comforting thing which helps them fall asleep in like kind of like a, uh, an environment that they're not familiar with. So obviously not everybody's going to be flying when they're traveling for the holidays. A lot of times the trips to see family, you know, they're like, you know, three or four hours away. So it, it, they'd rather drive than fly because it's, it's much more economical. And so in that scenario, again, I think you're doing like a, okay, we're going to drive at say eight o'clock and the kids are going to fall asleep. You probably like nine or 10, you're going to get there, you know, midnight, one o'clock. I think that's a great opportunity you know, or for some people like, you know, Hey, that's, that can be a little dangerous for, for people after you worked a long day. The last thing you really want is to be falling asleep at like one o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning, or having that worry about falling asleep while you're driving. So sometimes you go to bed early again, wait, don't really wake the kids up. Just kind of pick them up out of bed, put them in the car. And, you know, maybe you're leaving at like four or five in the morning where you've gotten a little bit of sleep. They can still continue to be sleeping and then you're going to wake up and you're going to be there by like you know, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Definitely. You can maximize getting some rest, make yourself a big cup of coffee to go and uh, hit the road. There's also something magical about being able to catch that sunrise. Tim, what do you think as far as if we're going to go on a road trip and go, like, go visit grandma? It's like an eight hour drive. Would you prefer us to, to leave like in the afternoon and I get there late at night or do would you rather us leave early in the morning and then kind of get there, you know, late morning or you know early afternoon? Probably in the early morning. Why is that? Because then you can get some sleep on the drive. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. What about you, Scarlett? What do you think? Um, I'll like to um wake up early because usually we already have an early bedtime, especially if we're going to go on a road trip. That's like eight or four hours long. I rather sleep during the drive than when it's time when we get there. It'll be dark at night. Oh yeah, for sure. So Christmas sometimes is one of those things when you're planning a, a trip and you know you're planning ahead, making sure that they're going to actually be there. They're not going to go on any trips. You know, the last thing you want to do is pay for a flight and arrive, and it's like surprise. And then next thing you know surprises on you because they've actually gone on a trip or they were trying to surprise you. And now you're both at each other's houses and, and opposite sides of the country. One of the fun things that we've done is uh, this is before kids. Like I actually bought tickets uh, for Anna and me to go visit my family in North Carolina when we lived in California. And I surprised Anna that morning. I said, look, uh, you know, here's a present and open it up. And she wasn't sure exactly what it was at first. Because we're flying Southwest and obviously Southwest doesn't have a lot of direct flights from California to, to North Carolina. So there was a stopover. Anna, do you want to tell a little bit of the story? 
Well, you took me by surprise. It was an early morning and it was like, well, I guess we're opening Christmas presents bright and early this Christmas. And I noticed, oh, these are tickets. These and we're go. When are we traveling? Oh, they're for today, Christmas Day. Oh, okay. And I see that there's actually the destination is Las Vegas. Except I didn't realize that that was just our stopover. But I, I was thinking, like, since when? What? How? We're going to Vegas on Christmas Day, and little did I realize we were actually headed to Raleigh, North Carolina, and we're going to surprise your your parents. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun, and we got there, and my parents didn't have they they didn't know we were coming, and we got there a little bit later at night. Uh, it was already dark. I think my parents were either asleep or on the verge of it, and we knock on the door, and at first nobody was answering it. No. It, <laughs> Because they had no idea. Then my my mom eventually woke up and kind of peeked out the window. Like she didn't know who it was and why are these like random strange people knocking on the door at like 10 o'clock at night. And sure enough, like then they were surprised that we were there. And so we took a big gamble by doing that. But it was like one of those really cool like Christmas memories because we literally, I think based on availability as far as what, what flights were available at the last minute, we were only there for like 24 hours, but it was really cool to be able to su- surprise them and spend a little bit of time unexpectedly with family. It was a fun whirlwind. <laughs> yes. Okay. Kind of going back to now, you know, we have kids, kids of all ages, whether they're, they're newborns or like toddlers or, you know, Tim's 11 years old now, you got to keep them excited and you got to keep them entertained and on good behavior when you're flying. And so one of the things we've always kind of done is bring snacks with us that they like because as great as you know, the pretzels are on Southwest and the Biscoff cookies are on American and everything. Sometimes the kids have a zero desire to eat that stuff. They want to eat like their favorites. So I think it's a good idea always to bring snacks. Plus you never know when the flight attendants are going to bring out the snacks. You know, if there's turbulence, you can't get them right away. You know, those types of things. So always bring snacks. We're going to bring like some little toys to surprise them. Their favorite, like you know, sometimes Scarlett wants to bring her, her stuffed animals, right? Yes. What's your favorite stuffed animal you like to bring with you now? Tiggy. Tiggy. Yeah. But that one's a little big. So again, you want to keep it small that that can fit in like their, their carry on that's under the fits underneath the seat. So her Tiggy is like almost the size of her. So that's obviously not something that's going to go with us on the plane because otherwise we'd have to buy an extra seat for it because it's so big. But uh, electronics are also another big thing. You know, I know a lot of parents try to limit the, the amount of electronics that kids have, but I think you have to kind of suspend those rules when you travel, right? Like whatever it takes to keep them entertained and good behavior. I think that's probably the appropriate strategy. Yeah, you find ways to compromise and then be strategic about when you pull them out, especially when they're younger. It's a great opportunity, you know, kind of at takeoff. You know, there's a lot more flexibility now that you can keep your electronics turned on and keep them captivated. So that takes their mind off of also maybe the ear pressure that they're feeling, at that time. So I gave up that fight uh, and utilized electronics to our advantage. (laughs) For sure. One of the things that you got to make sure that you do with the electronics though, one, charge them up fully the day before you travel Two, download the apps, like whether it's like Netflix or Hulu or Amazon prime that we have the app there, download some of their favorite shows, whether it's TV shows or movies or whatever. And then also keep a spare battery pack with you because Although some airlines have the, the chargers, they don't always work at your seat, right? And so having a spare battery pack with you ensures that 
you're not going to have like a fussy child when their battery dies after being watch, after watching their iPad all day. You want to make sure that you can keep it charged and, and operating and everything like that. Or that way they don't have to steal your, your electronics because their battery has already run out. Uh, another thing is that a lot of airlines now, they don't have like the, the in-flight entertainment as far as in the seat back in the headrest there. So what they want you to do now is download their app ahead of time. And unfortunately you can't really do it when you're in the air. So download it ahead of time before you head to the airport. That way it makes sure you have access to all the, all the entertainment options from the airline. Absolutely. And then think about those things that we had as kids as well. So pack some extra crayons pack some coloring pages or hit the Dollar Tree or your Target dollar section ahead of travel and purchase some of those fun little toys that you can bring along, especially when children are younger. It's nice to be able to space them out if you have a full day of flights and be able to kind of random times be able to pull something new out for them. It's amazing how much kids will appreciate new little coloring book or a puzzle or, or just some, you know, basic little toys to tinker around with. Or even like uh, stickers, although make sure they're not putting them all over the, the seat, right? <laughs> uh, you want to do that. The other thing is there are a lot of uh, a lot of different apps that are edutainment, right? So a little bit of education, a little bit of entertainment. That way parents and kids are both happy. So try to sneak in those every, every so often. I think that's a good opportunity as well. So, uh, and like you mentioned, as far as crayons and everything else, the, the companies like Crayola and everything, they finally gotten smart and the, not all of them are round. A lot of them now are like triangles or squares. So that way, the last thing you, you need is like they're drawing or coloring and there's turbulence or, you know, the plane's like descending or going up and it rolls off the <laughs> off the, the seat and it rolls, you know, four rows behind you and it's lost forever. So check out those those ones that have non-round forms, so like squares or triangles, that way, you know, you're not losing some of the parts. So I would recommend staying away from things like Legos. They have so many small parts. And if you lose one, the whole thing's kind of lost and they're going to be crying because they can't complete it and everything like that. So stay away from those types of things. So I think the, like, those are like the main tips that we have as far as being able to travel, you know, for the holidays. Personally, like I said, at the beginning, we try to stay home for Christmas but we love being able to travel and see our family on the weekends before and after. That way we get to stay Christmas at our house, but still be able to get to see family and create those memories, bouncing back and forth, sharing holidays among different families on like Thanksgiving and New Year's, you know, then other holidays and everything else. I think that's a great way to do things where you satisfy the family uh, as far as not being upset that you're not there for Christmas but you're able to be there for all the holidays and you're saving yourself a little bit of the sanity as well of all the holiday traffic, like the major crowds that are at the airports on those holidays. And obviously also on top of that, because there's such a huge demand, the prices are, up, are, are quite high on specific holidays, whether it's Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, et cetera. So flights are more expensive, hotels are more expensive and rental cars are more expensive. So Always watch out for those types of things. And, you know, if you're a little bit flexible with things, you can save a little bit of money, reduce a little bit of the headache and stress and be able to have great memories uh, without, you know, look, I'm bald. Like I pulled all my hair out from uh, being stressed from all these types of things. Uh, So uh, avoid those frustrations, create those happy memories and enjoy yourselves. And we hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, all the other holidays 
And, uh, you know, obviously we'll see you in 2023 as, as we continue to create more memories and fun times as we travel around the world. Thank you for coming on the show, Tim and Scarlett and Anna. You're welcome. Goodbye. You're welcome. Goodbye. Thank you for having us on. This has been fun. You know, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. What an awesome conversation with my family. We make so many incredible memories while we travel, and we hope that these tips make it easier for you to travel over the holidays as well. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash holiday travel. We want to say thank you to Awardwall for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Awardwall to start your free account today. Join us next time as we visit Kiel, Germany, to speak with my new friend, Tim Grossman, the founder of the Explo app. In this episode, Tim and I talk about visiting the Labu Naval Memorial, exploring the U-boat submarine from World War II, and attending Kiel Week, the largest sailing event in Europe. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.